Welcome back, listeners, to One of Us is Always Right. My name is Adam. And my name is McLean. And today, One of Us will be right at all times, and it will bounce back and forth and be all sorts of fun. We've got a great show today for you as we get McLean's reaction to the Adam Sandler film Hustle. Um, very excited to hear that. Um, I loved watching it again. Super uh, anxious for what McLean thought about that. This year, uh, we're going to get started with Get Excited. We've got some new movie trailers to talk about, some stuff coming up this summer and a little later. Then we'll move into McLean's reaction. We'll get his recommendations for me this week, which I understand is a little bit different format than our normal. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun, so I'm curious how that rolls out and what he's got in store for me. And then we'll move into our blast from the past. We picked 1989 this year for a multitude of reasons. One, uh, we've got the Keaton Batman movie series starting in that year, and he's in The Flash, which is out right now. We got our tie-in to Indiana Jones coming up later this month, and also... It is some of the thing that I've forgotten. It's Adam Sandler's first Adam Sandler's movie was first in 1989. Yeah. Yep. So Adam Sandler's first movie was in 1989. Uh, we'll save the title of that for later on. But it's going to be a fun show. Buckle up. Get ready. We're starting now. McLean, what has you excited this week? Yeah, there were... This was a strange week. There were a couple of trailers that dropped early in the week, and mm-hmm. then none of them actually got me excited. This one actually dropped last week, but we, we didn't have an episode. We, we didn't film last week. So yep. this is one that's sort of a carryover. Um, by the time this episode comes out, this will already be out on Netflix. It has a June 23rd release date in theaters, but then it's dropping a week later on Netflix on June 30th. And it is a movie called Nimona. It's an animated film. It's gotten some great reviews, 100% tomato meter at the moment with only 21 reviews. Uh, but it's about a girl who uh, sees this knight kind of being shown as a villain in the media and decides she wants to become his villainous sidekick. Turns out he's actually not a villain. He's a hero that's being sort of uh, set up and framed. She doesn't know that. So she thinks she's joining this like supervillain team and he's actually like a hero, but he can still use her help. And she is a shape-shifting monster. So she's sort of been outcast her entire life. And she's decided she wants to become part of a supervillain team. And it's sort of their team up. And it looks really funny. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz plays Nimona. Riz Ahmed plays uh, the knight Ballister uh, Boldheart. And uh, Eugene Lee uh, Yang plays the sort of evil guy that's sort of setting him up. So it's got a great, great voice cast. it's got a really interesting art style. It, it's the same people that made um, How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. But the art style is similar to, there was a Netflix series called Arcana, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I never really got into, um, but not because of the art, more just the, the first couple episodes didn't draw me in. But uh, it looks really interesting. Uh, hour and 41 minutes, so kind of a, a quicker, breezy movie. I think this is one I will wait on with the kiddos because it it is pretty violent uh but i'm actually pretty excited for it just myself very cool very cool all right um that's called nimona yeah so it's named after named after her gotcha oh nimona gotcha yeah okay yeah and that's coming out on netflix um Mm -hmm. i have got uh 
a couple here that I'm really getting more and more excited. I've seen a couple trailers for this now, and I don't know that we got a new one in the last week or two, but um, it's on a lot of movies that are out right now. It's a trailer for a lot, and it is a Haunted Mansion. Okay. I'm getting really excited for this. Um, it is uh, – it's based off – it's another Disney movie based off a ride at the park. Um, I don't know if you remember. You may not remember. I don't know if we ever went to Disney with you of an age and then went into Haunted Mansion. But it used to be something we went to a lot in Epcot. And I did I did the Pirates of the Caribbean as a very small child, and I yeah. still have, like, <laughs> visions and stuff of the pirates turning the skeletons. Nice. And, yeah, that – like it, it's one of those things where it's it's so embedded into my subconscious right that i don't i can't really even think about it but when i saw the pirates of the caribbean movie i recognized i was like wait that looks familiar yeah why do i know that it's yeah like, oh that's straight from the ride right because um, the ride was so much fun and we went on yeah i don't think i have those same vi- like visions of haunted mansion but maybe this will bring them out somehow. yay um <laughs> yay for resurfacing childhood drama um no it's a it's it's another uh ride made into a movie and it's got rosario dawson in it um it's got uh owen wilson and some other names and i just my looked, favorite guy lakeith stanfield yeah it's got lakeith <laughs> stanfield he in the trailer is hilarious yeah. this looks kind of like right up his his character role looks right up his alley um Mm -hmm. so i'm very very excited for this movie um i think it's going to be a lot of i don't know about wholesome fun but fun and scary without being over the top scary like i don't think it's gonna be horror but i think it's you know gonna have some fun jump scares and and things like that and so i'm just i'm really excited for it um yeah it kind of gives me um night of the museum vibes maybe that's just because wilson's in it yeah, but I think he it he looks like he understands the sort of tone that, that this movie is trying to get, which is that sort of like kid friendly thrill yes. ride. Um, yeah, I think it could be really good. Yeah, and um, let's see, it's got uh, obviously no tomato stuff on it yet, it, but it comes out uh, July twenty eighth, so we don't have a whole long time to wait for this. Obviously, trailers have been out for a while, but we're getting closer. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, um, Dan Levy, Jared Leto, um, Leto, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Winona Ryder, Hassan Minaj. Um, so yeah, some fun people in here. Uh, yeah. And it looks like a uh, fun. Um, yeah, the, 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 here's the synopsis. It's one sentence. A woman and her son enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help rid their home of supernatural squatters. <laughs> I can buy into that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be – I just – I'm really excited for it. It is rated PG-13, but my guess is that it's a somewhat soft PG-13. Um, yeah. meaning that it's just probably his visuals and, and maybe scare stuff versus language or over the top crazy violence. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Haunted Mansion. Cool. All right. I have two other ones I want to talk about. Which one looks the most interesting? Well, I've got two more too. Okay. Why don't you go first? Cause I don't want to double up on one of yours. Okay. Um, this is one, I don't know a lot about this character. Okay. Um, but I saw the trailer for the first time. I went and saw the flash this week and yeah. this trailer was on the flash and I'm not sure what I think of it. I'm not sure if I'm excited, um, but I'm excited to find out if I like it or not. 
yeah. put, it that, put it that way. Um, I'm going to read the, uh, the synopsis and see if you can guess the title. Russian immigrant Sergei Kravanov is on a mission to prove that he is the greatest hunter in the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guess <laughs> on the title? Yeah, it's the um, uh, Craven, the hunter. Yeah. Craven, the hunter. Yeah. I know very little about this character in the comics because I'm much more of a DC guy. And yeah. Craven, um, from what I remember, is in kind of the Spider-Man verse. Yes. Um, more than anything else. Yeah. So it, this is this is Sony that's making this. This is this right, isn't an MCU movie. No. This is in the same universe as Morbius and um, uh, Venom. Venom. But Venom so, is in the MCU. Kind of. Right. Exactly. Just like Deadpool is kind of. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Deadpool will be soon. Uh, it's it's unclear how much the Sony stuff will tie in because, like, right now, um, Tom Holland hasn't met any of the right Sinister Six that they're setting up. Um, it looks like they are just taking the comic book and throwing it out the window. Okay, from what I've seen of the trailer, because Craven is, is a villain. He's a villain. Yes. Right. He does so, not look that way in the, in the trailer. Yeah. They are making him more of an anti-hero. This is, they're, they're sort of black Adaming it where. <laughs> I'm so the, tired um, of this. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> well, this is, this is what Sony's options are right now. Right. They, they have this, they have a Spider-Man, but he's very tied to the MCU. So unless the MCU makes a move that there's very little for them to do moving forward. Also, Tom Holland is becoming way more expensive with each movie that he does. So for right. them to sign him to another trilogy, it's very expensive. It's very much expensive. easier to get someone like Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson, who, while he is like a rising star, isn't a giant, you know, he's not Robert Downey Jr. yet. Right. So I like the casting. I think Aaron Taylor Johnson looks incredible as Craven. Um, I'm excited to see it. If they can make a good story, I don't care if it's not comic book accurate i'm just a little worried because sony's track record with these is not yeah you know i it's perfect yeah i don't know why sony keeps making comic book movies like i can't think of one that is great let alone better than good well because um, they have the rights to spider-man and spider-man is the most popular comic book character of all time oh yeah no, no, Spider Man yeah. sells more merchandise than Superman, Batman, and Iron Man combined. Oh, for sure. I know why they're. I know why. But yeah. like, if if quality ever factored into their decision making process, like when they finally when like they are benefiting from Marvel having Oversight. financial yes. prop problems in the 80s and 90s yes. and having to sell the movie rights to a character. That's all yes. that Sony did to get this, um, yes. and it's been made clear that they don't like you can say what you want about the Tobey Maguire, um, Spider-Man's I'm not the biggest fan of them. They, yeah, they are not they good. Spider they have their place in the history of comic book movies. They were a right. stepping stone to get, they, the better they were, but, but I don't know that they were needed for what Marvel did. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like Iron Man could have happened on its own without those Spider-Man movies, and the same thing for the um, sure. uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Which, and it's not that I don't like them, but they're not the quality that we've grown accustomed to. But yeah. that's still the quality that Sony puts out when yes. they go when they go on their own. 
And so that's, that's what has me just like, I just don't trust them to make these kinds of movies. Yeah. I'm not, I, I think Venom was actually pretty successful. I, I liked some of the stuff that it was doing. Um, Venom two was, I actually quite enjoyed. It's got some wonky uh, character arcs towards the end, but it's not, it doesn't need to be a perfect movie for me. It just needs to, no. to tell a, a captivating story. Um, so I think they could do this, but yeah, for someone that was really excited um, for Craven's Last Hunt, which right. is from the comics, it's really cool. It's so Craven in the comics. The reason why he comes to New York is he has hunted every big game animal, and he now thinks that Spider-Man is like the next game. So he's right. not a villain in the same way that like. Green Goblin or um, Doc Ock are. Yeah, he's not, he's not taking over the world or, right. or science or anything like that. He just wants the challenge for himself. Yeah. And so his sort of um, moral compass has nothing to do with, you know, hurting people or being a bad guy. It's just about how can I capture this animal? It's pure ego. Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so that's, I mean, that's all fine. I think that he, he probably, the character could probably make a good movie, but I just don't think that, if I were Sony and I was focused on making money, mm-hmm. I would go to Marvel and say, listen, 50-50 down the line, doing that and making really good mo- movies over and over again will make them more money than making average movies over and over again. Which is what they've done with Spider-Man. Now. Which is exactly like, what they've done with Spider-Man, yeah, which is a billion-dollar yeah. movie. Spider-Man No Way Home made two, almost $2 billion. Yeah. Maybe it did make $2 billion. Yeah, like, and that's because they went 50-50 with Marvel. Right. And, like, and they've never made. come close to that in any of their others. Yeah, um, I mean, the original Spider-Man made an insane amount of money because it was at the, time, the first yeah. comic book movie that right. like, showed any yeah. sort of sign of trusting the comics. Like, but that's circumstances more than quality, right? Yeah. Um, it's not, and not that it's a bad movie. I'm not saying those Spider-Man movies are bad movies, but they are not. If we if we were to sit back and objectively say, I think we would have to come up with that the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are a more accurate representation of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Especially the, the majority I'm of not, the comic life of Spider-Man. He's the majority of that life yeah. a teenager in high school. Um, yeah. And only uh, recently, yeah, for that for sure. Only um, and and you know is quick-witted and talkative and like you know none of the other Spider-Mans would have jumped over Cap, taken his his shield, and still said nice to meet you. You know, like yeah. <laughs> like they just didn't have that written into that character. That kind of yeah quick-wittedness. The Andrew Garfield one would have been too cool. And would have had a one-liner yes. that was witty and and, and almost know, over the head, you know, and, and probably a little bit mean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm on a soapbox. I'm gonna get off it. Like I said, okay. I, I'm excited to see this movie because I'm excited to see if it's any if it if if Sony breaks their shell. Yeah. Um. Is because there are so many good movies, good comic book movies out there that have perfected a formula. There's almost no excuse for making bad ones. I mean, I'm not writing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I kind of am fine seeing something that's not within the formula. But you're right, that formula really works. So it's really risky. Um, It's easy to make one that's doesn't hit super well. Like, for example, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was really different. Yeah, and not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I I don't know 
if I will rewatch it very like I watch the Marvel movies over and over and over again. I've right, seen we both do. all of yeah, them yeah. a million We're, times. Yeah. I don't think I'll watch that one more than a couple more times lifetime. Yeah, it's because it's just not it, it doesn't have that same rhythm to it. It's it's a it's a tragedy and it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's, it's not one that that I want to um, you know, I'm not really deep into feeling those emotions every single day. Right. Because it's, it's a love, it's a love letter to, um, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And that's fine. I think it's, I mean, I don't know. That's, it bugged me that they did that. Like that, that the whole movie became this honorarium instead of a moment in it and then move on to a, you know, more. Yeah. I think story. it's a product of the fact that, uh, Ryan Coogler had to figure out a way to deal with his depression. Yeah, exactly. After his friend died. Right, and so 100%. the whole movie is just about it's morning. That. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is. We the watched ultimate, the story. Um, <laughs> it's the most expensive therapy I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> put to film yeah. is how I talked to Kendra about it, and yeah. she really enjoyed it. She she yeah. thought it's probably one of the best Marvel movies. So I think it, yeah. it's good that those movies exist for different people and different right. audiences. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, but like another one is like Multiverse of Madness. I'm not going to rewatch that a whole bunch of times. Oh, I've watched I watched a bunch it. of times. Already. I liked it and I enjoyed it, but it's not yeah. one that like that I come to over and over and over again. Um, sure, but it, and and yeah, I'm more interested in the like if we're talking comics stuff, the Marvels movie. I'm more okay. interested to see how that happens. That, that like was Captain Mar was the Captain Marvel movie so kind of not well regarded within their circles that she now has to share a movie with a previous TV show and then a well, support character. I was thinking from it. about it the other day. We haven't talked about the Marvels yet. We can kind of do that, that now. Right. But, um, <laughs> I've taken yeah. this hostage. It's no, this is fine. This is a great tangent. Um, I, I was thinking the other day, we haven't really seen a big Avengers movie in a while. Mm -mm. Like in, in, in phase one, we would have, we got the Avengers to close it out. We've already moved through phase four. We're mm -hmm. moving into phase five now, and we haven't gotten a big team up movie. So the Marvels right. is really our first team up movie, and we're not getting it until the beginning of phase five. So I think they I mean, kind of missed a trick to start Young Avengers sooner, um, yeah. to start Thunderbolts sooner. Because um, mm -hmm. like Shang-Chi is probably my favorite Marvel movie from oh, phase four, and I haven't seen him again. Yeah. And I, where's my where's my young it, avengers it was Bishop so good yeah yeah i mean well, it just they're i think they've slowed down i mean they certainly slowed down because they've got like we've got so many movies out there we've got uh, so many group movies we've got so many solo movies and they're and you know, have tv shows now too tv shows now yeah. and secret invasion just started so i mean we've got all this stuff going on yeah um so i'm sure i mean i don't know how i don't know how kevin feige sleeps at night um not like, not like out of like, I don't know how that person sleeps. Not that way, but just like this, the stuff that he has to have in his head ready to go. Yes. And like, like, I don't know how he shuts that off in order to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of plates in the air and then yeah. he's constantly like having to juggle them. Like when Eternals didn't do very well, they're obviously pushing that part of the cosmic universe back a little bit. Right. Guardians did fantastic. So like, so how are they going to bring up the side characters from Guardians again? Right. Like. Um, yeah, it's a constantly yeah. shifting thing. And I mean, he's brilliant at it. Um, but and there's nothing he doesn't touch. Right. Like he's yeah. got his fingerprints on all of the Marvel Universe. Um, yeah. And so I just can't imagine what that life looks like. Anyway, that's a big, okay. long thing. Craven the Hunter. 
um, it is coming out. Uh, when did I say it is coming out? Excuse me, October sixth. So right around okay. my birthday. So it's a little ways off, but I saw the trailer. I thought I'd bring it up as a. I'm excited to see what this is like. Not necessarily that I'm excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, if that makes I, sense. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's going to be what I had originally hoped for out of a Craven right. villain role, but I think that they could do some really interesting stuff with the character. For sure. He, he is an interesting character. Some of my favorite animated series Spider-Man stuff is like showing his backstory, which they're going to get into in this. Yeah. So there, there is room for the character to grow. Um, okay. So I have one. This one probably won't have as long of a discussion on it. Um, this is called Dumb Money. So this is Craig Gillespie, who's a really great director. Um, I see you would probably know um, Million Dollar Arm. He did uh, The Finest Hours. Um, he did Lars and the Real Girl, which is a really great um, just sort of offbeat comedy. Uh, I, Tanya, which was nominated mm -hmm. for Best Picture. And he actually did the Cruella movie, which for a movie I had no expectations for, I actually really liked. So uh, this movie is about the guy who started the um, stock boom for GameStop mm -hmm. and all of the um, Wall Street guys that were betting against it and lost billions and billions of dollars because some guy on YouTube basically convinced a bunch of mm -hmm. randoms to invest in GameStop for no reason. So uh, it's a really, I'm a little worried because this is so recent. Um, I was, I, this guy worked on Pam and Tommy, which is about Pamela Anderson's yeah. sex tape. Um, and he did I, Tanya. Uh, both of those are other like sort of historical tweaked comedies. Mm -hmm. and but the the thing that's at the advantage of those is that there's a little bit more hindsight to it um this is a fairly recent news story um i'm a little worried that it's a little bit too close but if anyone can pull this off i think this guy can do it and yeah. the cast is amazing it's got paul dano pete davidson vincent d'onofrio uh uh america ferrera nick offerman um seth rogan is playing one of the yeah um uh, one of the investing people that that is losing billions of dollars a day. Yep. Um, and it's also got Sebastian Stan and Clancy Brown. So it's got a great cast. Um, yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the cast, like normally I just turn off at Pete Davidson. I really, I really don't like him. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he bothers me and to me, he's very one dimensional. Um, sure. But I look at the rest of this cast and I go, Oh, I love that. Love that. Love that. Paul Dano. Stupid. Good. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, love watching him. America Fair, also very good. Nick Offerman, so, so, so good. So, one of the underrated actors in Hollywood. Um, Anthony Ramos, I love him. He's from Hamilton and the yep. new Transformer movie. Yep. Um, Sebastian Stan, also very, very good. And, you know, the rest. And so, and I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan, but this, the rest of this cast, um, I think, will make the movie great and make it possible for me to look past Pete Davidson. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I saw this and I uh, thought you might bring it up, but yeah, it looks, um, looks, looks good. Um, yeah. Paul Dano is, I think a very, very good actor. Yeah. He's incredible. Um, he's terrifying. He's terrifying. He's also like heartwarming in when he needs to be as well. Like you can really root for him. Uh, 
I I'm a big fan of Baldanos. So. Yeah. Um, okay. That uh, yeah, that's our get excited. Sounds fun. Awesome. Uh, we're gonna move right along now into uh, what McLean thought of the movie Hustle. So last uh, last episode, I presented two Adam Sandler Netflix movies for McLean to choose from. Uh, one was uh, Uncut Gems. And the other was Hustle. And McLean chose Hustle because it is a little more light and not happy, but it's more uplifting than Uncut Gems and a little less yeah. dark. And that's what he was looking for at the time. And so there we are. So McLean, Adam Sandler, Netflix, Hustle. What did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. It's very yeah. good. Uh, it's a little, I have a little bit of uh, issues recommending this movie just because we are obviously the target demographic for this movie. We are uh, white guys in our 30s and 40s that are interested in sports, but it's not like, I don't know if you're a huge, as big of a basketball fan as maybe this is going after. No, I'm not. For me, I recognized most of the oh yeah the basketball players in this, and that was like, oh, okay, that's kind of fun. But I'm not sure if you were like a huge basketball fan, if you would be taken out of the movie at all um but i don't know i, I was trying to go through adam sandler's filmography and and comparing it's all it to, over the place and try to figure out what what's the last movie he did that i feel like was better than this mm-hmm. um, i think you have to go back to 2004 which is uh 50 first dates and I, I to be fair i have not seen every one of his movies i've definitely missed a few um but I think you'd have to go that far back to find one that hit as well as this did for me. I really enjoyed him in this. I think he has a great mixture of kind of sad empathy and then also inspirational intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, show, don't tell. This movie immediately shows you what this guy's life is like he it doesn't it doesn't have to beat you over the head with the fact that he's miserable it just shows you him eating fast food in greece yeah like he goes to italy and he's eating burger king he's not enjoying the fact that he gets to travel over the world it's not it's not fun for him anymore like he's not he's not sightseeing while he's doing this he's just like going through the grind watching these basketball games not even enjoying the basketball games just watching to see this one player and see what he does. And, um, and then it shoots you shoot, shoot, shoot to back to the U S and, and you see him in the, the boardroom scene and you see that he completely knows his stuff. And he's like, look, mm-hmm. this, everyone's telling us that this guy is the, the next Dirk Nowinski. I'm telling you, he's not a workforce. He, he's not ready to commit the time to be right. a professional basketball player. And he gets bored and he'll just stop defending because he doesn't enjoy making a third effort <laughs> yep. and stuff like that. And and he's, he was completely, completely right. Um, so the, the guy that's sort of the antagonist, um, oh, now, now I'm blanking on names. Um, ben Foster character. Ben Foster, who is so good. We, we talk about, you know, Paul Dano and, and his yeah. range and stuff. Ben Foster, fantastic character actor just inhabits every role full force from 310 to, to Yuma to this. 
Yeah. And it's just you know, hell or high water. Um, amazing. He just can can do anything. And he is so villainous, but not comically so. Like he right. he seems like a real person. Yes. He's just you just hate him. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, and you see where he's coming from, and you just you know he's wrong. Yeah. Um, I like Robert Duvall. He's got a very small part at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um uh we're we're gonna get into spoilers, people. If if you haven't seen this yet, I would recommend it. Uh I can't guarantee that it's gonna be right up your alley because it's, this is so like it, it feels so personal to me. Yeah, I would <laughs> that, say it's kind of Field of Dreams-esque. Yeah, I, so I it's can see like, that. Like, like like yes, it's about basketball, but it's not only about basketball, like it's about relationship. Yeah. Um, so if you are someone that enjoyed like Field of Dreams, where yes, baseball was part of the main plot, but really it wasn't. Um, yeah. That's kind of what hustle is, I think. Yeah, this is more about that time in your life where you're wanting to transition to your, you know, next level, and you're sort of stuck. Yeah. A lot of Adam Sandler's characters play these these characters that are stuck in one spot in their life, mm-hmm. uh, from like Big Daddy to yeah. Happy Gilmore, like. Um, and he's just trying to sort of get to the next level. He's been doing this for 30 years. Um, I looked it up recently and it shocked me. Adam Sandler's 56 years old. Yes. Uh, that just astounded me. Um, because I just didn't think that our age difference was that great. Um, yeah. but yeah, he you can see the miles on him, and he is uh he just wants to be home. He wants to move to the next level which is coaching he's always wanted to be a coach right and he gets that opportunity which i i thought this movie was gonna be more about like him trying to convince people that he actually was hired as a coach Mm -hmm. and that he was promised this thing and he was going to be complaining and moaning about it uh more um i don't know if you've seen there's an eddie murphy and, and martin lawrence movie called life yeah and in like the second act of the movie they get freed and then the guy who frees them dies yeah and then they have the, like no one believes that they actually yeah. earned their freedom. So I was kind of worried it was going to go down that path, and it it doesn't. To, to the movie's credit, um, they're like, "No, we need you back on the road because this star player that we got isn't the star player that we need." Right. But once and it's like once you find the star player, you yep. can come back. And he has you. You see that he has other options. Like he could go into. Um, Agency. You know, being an agent, right? But then he's still not at home, and that's still not what he wants to do. So uh, this is this is a movie about sacrificing and working hard, and if you do all those things, eventually life will pay you off for it. Right. Yeah. So um, the standout in this movie is Queen Latifah. Hundred uh, percent. Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah have the best married life chemistry I have ever seen on film. You completely believe that they are a married couple. Um, Adam Sandler has made three movies with Drew Barrymore, these like yeah. rom com movies, and I a hundred percent think these two are the better fit. Uh, I would watch them in any movie together again as a married couple. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, yeah, they just seem so real and so genuine like they poke fun at each other but not so much that it's mean it's just enough to be yep. believable and i love the the part where he wants to tell her the good news and she, he's like 
you're looking at, or at least you will be once I tell you the once news. You, yeah, once you start looking at me, yeah. Once you start looking at me, you will be looking at the next assistant coach. And you can see that she's so proud of him. And you can you can tell that they've been sacrificing a lot. And she's been doing a lot of the at-home work because he's been gone. And yet it's never she never seems to um uh sort of take it out on him or hold that against him it's she knows that that's what she needs to do to help him achieve his goal and and he's working to try to you know provide for his family in the best way that he knows possible so uh they just seem like such a great team and i love the interchange when when she's complaining about the Bo Cruz uh getting porn on the tv is like the internet has free porn just just tell him that (laughs) yeah it's it's hilarious it's yeah they um it's um you're 100 percent right those two um they play off each other well on the phone they play off each other well in person it is um it's almost refreshing to see kind of a more um natural looking yeah uh, marriage um it's just it's like how my wife and i talk yeah you know which it's it it's, it was great to see that yeah it's a realistic wholesome yep. family dynamic it wasn't uh, overridden it wasn't underwritten they didn't try to force comedy it's almost like they just said hey we need you guys to get to this point now take us there and let those yeah. two do their thing yeah it's it's very good um uh, i think it's cool they got actual basketball players mm-hmm. some of which are playing themselves and some of which are playing some of these characters right um uh uh Juancho Herna Gomez plays both Gomez, yeah yeah um and then there's another guy who plays the sort of rival character Anthony Edwards he's not playing himself he's playing like Kermit, character. Kermit Mills yeah yeah so I liked uh those guys um I was kind of surprised because LeBron James is one of the main producers of this movie Mm -hmm. and you never, he's not in the movie, right? Thank thank goodness. No, he's not. (laughs) No, we get a um, lot of, we get a lot of old players, Julius Irving. um, Dirk Nowitzki has a phone call in it. Yeah. Dirk Dirk Nowitzki is in it playing himself. There's a, there's a lot of folks playing themselves. Yeah. um, They do a really good job of balancing the who's who of it all the the ones that are you know we need you to play yourself and the ones that are okay you're an act you you need to play this other person and this is how you're gonna yes i thought the ones they chose for actors did a good job of playing characters Mm -hmm. and not just playing themselves um like the the rival basketball player is suitably villainous yep um it makes you wonder though with the montage scene if your job from the age of 18 was just to work out and train in basketball, could you do it? Like, cause he, that's all he Me, does no. all day. I mean, I guess he need, like, you need to have a little bit of height and a little bit of bulk and range, but it feels like you could just train. We make a short joke. Anybody. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it 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 ha- definitely had that a little bit. But you know, the same thing with Rocky. Like any of us can be Rocky if we go to Siberia and train running up a by chopping logs and running up the side of a snowy hill. We could all be Rocky, you know. Practice getting hit for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have medicine balls thrown at our stomachs while we're doing sit-ups. Yeah, we can all be Rocky. Um yeah. No, it's uh, it definitely has that, but I think that you're going to get that with most of these kind of sports movies, and I think mm-hmm. it's only emphasized um, by uh, with a movie that's a sport as accessible as um, as basketball. I mean, the reality is, I've been uh, my kid plays hockey, and uh, I've been talking to a lot of other parents of hockey players, and the reality is, like, it's hockey is one of the only sports where you have to learn a skill to do it. Um, yeah. to even get close to playing the game. Like you have to be able to not kill yourself on the ice in order yeah. to come close with basketball or football or baseball. Really, if you can walk, you've got, you've got enough of a, a foundation to try learning the sport. Um, yeah. And so, so those, those sports tend to be more accessible. And I think we have that just kind of ingrained in our head a little bit that we can. Um, I mean, I know I can go out and hit 50% if I'm you know uncontested of my shots, uh, yeah. if there's nothing else going on around me, it's just me. Like yeah. at the moment somebody else steps on the court I'm down to 2%. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a great, there's a great scene where he starts insulting the guy's mom yeah. and like pushing him Yeah, yeah. and, and, and getting into his head and doing some like psychological training. Yep. And one of the things that he misses because he has a daughter is he doesn't go after his daughter. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, obviously he's not going to make it, it makes sense for the character, but it's this obvious weak spot where they both care so much about their daughters yeah. that they're they're not willing to push each other in All either that. of those areas. And it's this big weakness for him that the other guy is able to get into his head by, you know, talking about his daughter um, and uh, an ex-wife. So it's a uh, or girlfriend. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, dang it. <laughs> why, Stanley, why are you such a good person and a good mm-hmm. dad that you, you you didn't think to go after this guy right. psychologically about his daughter and prepare him for that? Yeah. Well, and yeah. Stanley is a genuine, like, he, he, you fall in love with Stanley. Yeah. He is such a good, like, he, he just seems wholesome and wants to do right and um, raise people up when he can. And it's like, it's just, I, I I found I was very uplifted that the, somebody would write this plot that this person would be so um, genuine and maybe not happy all the time, but at least focused on others. Yeah, a I'm a little worried. Time. I'm a little worried that our bias isn't. This is another spot where we can be biased because part of it is coded in the fact that we like Adam Sandler, uh, or at least I know I do. Yeah, so I was on board with him immediately. Right. Um. So I'm not sure if that's the movie doing that or if that's uh, just really good casting. Um, but I could see someone that doesn't like Adam Sandler. Maybe they have a harder time getting into him as a character. Um, but I, I agree. I think it was done. I, I think it was done well. I would like to think yeah. that that you would get that even if you weren't on board with him immediately. But it's hard to say from, from I, my perspective. I think you would. As, aside from Uncut Gems, this is the least Adam Sandler-y movie that I've seen. Um, yeah, compared to like all of his recent stuff. Yeah, compared to the recent stuff, but like even his old stuff, like a lot of people make these judgments. Well, I just don't like that person because of, you know, for for Adam's family. I really didn't like I didn't like him in Big Daddy. What kind of man does that to a kid and whatever? So I don't so I don't like I don't like Adam Sandler. Okay, this is not Big Daddy. Um, No, it's not. 
you know, uh, I know I started the show off. I don't like Pete Davidson. And it's just because most of the time when he does his stand up, I'm not a fan of it. And it's uh, a lot of putting down of things rather than speaking to irony. And that just I'm not always I don't like putting down a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think in this one, though, it's like a, what's the movie um, that uh, what's his face? Um, Ace Ventura. OK. okay. Uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yes. He narrated. He narrated a movie. It's, uh, like, uh, Simon Birch. Yes. yes. Um, he narrates the. That is so beautiful, so touching, and so well done. Um, yeah. But people were like, oh, "I still don't like Jim Carrey. He's yeah. he's only this foul, crass comedian." Well, clearly he's not. Um, yeah. And so I think I think if anyone has open mind, they'll be able to buy into Sandler being Stanley Sugarman. Sugarman. Yes. Um. You know, so. um, let's see a couple of things. Uh, Jaleel White is in this. Yep. And he has nothing to do. I was a little disappointed that we barely see him. Yeah. And he's sort of, yeah, not not given much to to really do. I was very excited to see him on the cast list when we talked mm -hmm. about this movie. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed that he's in like four scenes and just has like some side dialogue. And that's yeah. about it. But, he's you know, the, the maybe, main. Yeah. What's up? I think maybe some of his stuff got cut on the, you know, the left floor. out of the movie to, to keep the time down. So, uh, yeah, he's the, the main antagonist kind of right hand, not henchman, but corporate type. I just realized uh, this movie is two hours long. It does not feel like a two hour long movie. No, like this feels real tight, like a real tight hour and 30. Um, I had I don't think I ever checked my watch in yeah. this movie wondering how long it was going to be. Um, there, there are some, uh, some like, I don't know, it, it takes some really interesting turns. Um, yeah. there's a lot of points where you think like, oh, you know, this is going to be really easy. And then he realizes that things are going to be a little bit harder right. than, than they previously were. So, uh, it's, it has some surprises to it. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I can definitely recommend this to to anyone that likes even a little bit of sports movies. Mm -hmm. um, I think this one fits in pretty well. Uh, I was trying to think of other recruitment movies. Um, so this, what's really interesting about this, we talked a lot about Rocky. We talk about Rocky all the time. This is Rocky. If you follow uh, Mickey around, if this right. was a if Rocky was called Mickey and you followed Mickey around everywhere, um, that would be this movie. That's kind of what what it feels like to me. Here's this you know underdog, and here's this older uh, guy who really knows the the inner workings of the business and what what it need what you need to be able to do to make it in this business. Yeah, and he's decides to to train this guy and, and bring him up. Um, I also thought the ending was really nice, where he's not on the 76ers he's on a different team because that's just how things work out oh, cruise yeah 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 it, they, so yeah yeah so super spoiler they both kind of get what they want yeah ish i mean they do not even ish they both do but they don't it does you don't get the resolution that you're expecting as a as a viewer yeah um like just we are trained um to think in these kinds of movies when everything works out it works out the way that they've been trying to make it work out for the whole time 
Yes. And that's not the case in this movie. Yeah. We get to a, you know, what it looks like a Thor killing Thanos ending. And yeah. then a snap happens and right. things don't work out that way. Um, yeah. But Cruz does get into the NBA and Stanley does become a coach for the 76ers. Yep. But it's it's for different reasons than what the movie is starting to set up. So, um, which feels kind of more realistic in real life, like things sometimes just yeah one tweak here and there changes everything and so yeah it's 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 good um yeah i i i think this is a a very very solid effort if you um if you even enjoy anything that adam sandler has done i think you'll enjoy watching him in this i i do think if you really don't like him uh there are some people that have those biases that that might be difficult to get over. Yeah, I would I would say to those people cried anyway. Yeah, because this is such a um it's not a departure from recent Sandler, but it's a departure departure from original Sandler. This is not yeah. Saturday Night Live Adam Sandler. This is not grown ups Adam Sandler or even murder mystery Adam Sandler. No nope. he's where he's you know half of his comedy is shouting um yeah. using loud funny voices. This is far far from that. He takes it serious. Um and this is there's a story to tell in this movie that yeah. I think we need to hear of hear about or hear stories of this type that have this kind of message more often, especially in today's yeah. uh, times. And I just really, I really enjoyed him and Queen Latifah's oh dynamic. Oh my gosh, yes. I, so, and the daughter too. So worth seeing. Yeah. yeah. The daughter's good too. Um, she's got sort of a side uh, like filmmaking uh-huh. sort of desire. Uh, yeah. Like a B storyline of, of him sort of working with his daughter. She doesn't like school, but he's kind of like, you know, you just got to kind of get through it and then you can just do whatever you want to do. Like right. you, you don't have to take the same linear path that everyone else takes if, if that's not what works for you, but you do need to get through high school yep. <laughs> so you can start moving on, which is an interesting um, sort of parenting uh, tactic. Yeah. But yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, I would put this... It's a 93% tomato meter. I think that's a little higher than where I would put it percentage-wise. Like, I think this is probably like an 8 out of 10. Okay. Doesn't have... It It needed to have, like, one or two more, like, moments that had, like, an aha sort mm-hmm. of character growth or um, touching moment for me. Uh, but the the relationships felt very real. Uh, the we didn't even really talk about the basketball. The right. basketball is shot extremely well. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think this is probably with this and like Miracle to me. Yeah, are two of like very well shot for something that has a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're never really lost on the court. You know what's going on, um, but it it doesn't feel like you're just sitting back. It's not a wide shot of a basketball game where you're just sitting back and watching things. Right, yeah, the camera moves dynamically. Um, and uh, has some some interesting fast paced stuff to it, but you never feel lost in the in the game. So I think it probably is pretty high up there as far as basketball action shooting. Um, yeah, like I said, similar to to watching Miracle, um, the Disney movie. Yep, which is one of the best sports movies of all time. Yes, agreed. Cool. Uh, so recommendations from both of us. Uh, 
that gets us into today's recommendations for this for next week or in a couple of weeks. Um, this is a little bit different. I have been excited for one of these movies uh, to come to streaming since our first episode. Oh, wow. So I don't know if you remember our first uh, recommendation was for an Edgar Wright movie mm -hmm. uh, called Last Night in Soho. And in that episode, you revealed that you have yet to see Shaun of the Dead or any of the Cornetto trilogy. Yep. So I am recommending the Cornetto, the Cornetto trilogy. trilogy. <laughs> I'm going to talk about each one of them, kind of give a, a quick plot synopsis and a uh, sort of general description. Your job is to pick one to start with, and that'll be sort of our guaranteed talking point for next week. But if you enjoy that movie, I really recommend talking about like watching more of the Cornetto trilogy and, and we'll name our next episode, basically whatever you decide to watch. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have the episode come out. You'll know when you go to click on it, like, is it called the Cornetto trilogy? And we'll talk about all of them. Is it called Sean and hot fuzz? What do you think? We'll, 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 we'll name it so that the audience can sort of play along with us. But uh, yeah, we're going to so start. I'm with, not making a decision. You're going to make a decision on, on, on what air. the, the start is okay i think i think we can at least give people one to start with gotcha you'll at least hear way, us talk about this one yes gotcha i'm with you so so what's really cool about this trilogy is that it has a lot of the same actors in it mm -hmm. but they're very different stories they're yeah. they are love letters to different movie franchises and genres series, and genres even yeah so the first one is probably my favorite, but it might not be the one that you would be first attracted to because it's it's the horror genre. Uh, horror is a very cheap genre to to do. Uh, fake blood is very inexpensive. Well, yeah. and you can hide a lot of uh, CGI and stuff with makeup and prosthetics. So this is uh, Shaun of the Dead. This is the first in the, the Cornetto trilogy. I should explain the, the reason it's called the Cornetto Trilogy is that in the UK, there is a type of uh, ice cream bar called mm. the Cornetto, and there are multiple flavors of it. Um, and I believe this is the strawberry Cornetto, although I could be wrong. Um, and in each one of the movies, the characters eat a Cornetto in the movie. So uh, this is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, here's the synopsis real quick. Sean is a 30-something loser with a dull, easy existence. He, uh, When he's not working at the electronics store, he lives with his slovenly best friend, Ed, in a small flat on the outskirts of London. The only um, unpredictable element in his life is his girlfriend, Liz, who wishes desperately for Sean to grow up and be a man. Uh, when the town is inexplicably overrun with zombies, Sean must rise to the occasion and protect both Liz and his mother. So... This is a movie that I watched in high school. It is the perfect time to watch it because you're at that stage of your life where you don't want to do anything else. You want to right. just be able to stagnate. And Sean is in that stagnation period where he's just working at an electronics store, not even a manager. He's just the oldest person working there. So he feels a somewhat sense of seniority, but he just enjoys going to the pub with his friend playing video games in his off hours and uh yeah go to work come home live 
So uh, it's uh, uh, it's got a great cast. Uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the two sort of constants in these movies. Right. Uh, they've worked with Edgar Wright when he was doing um, Spaced, which is the TV show that he worked on before he made the jump into movies. Um, Dylan Moran and uh, Lucy Davis play the two um, Liz's best friends um, who live with her. And uh, Bill Nighy plays Sean's stepdad. And he is hilariously dry and British. Uh, Peter Serafinowicz um, plays uh, Sean and Ed's roommate, who's basically just sick of Ed leeching off of them and not uh, not really pulling his weight as one of the roommates. Um, this is mostly a movie about uh, a man-child becoming a <laughs> grown adult, and there's a zombie apocalypse going on. So it's sort nice. of... Um, that that's sort of the distraction and like catalyst point to to sort of move him forward, but it's uh it's very it's very silly. Um, I actually started rewatching this as soon as I saw that it was streaming, and uh, Kendra, who's only watched it once, got really sucked into it uh, again, and she's just like, "What is, what happens in this movie again?" I'm like, "Well, you gotta watch it. <laughs> like, can't just tell you." Um, but this came out in uh, 2004. It, it's got. 92% tomato meter, 93% audience score. This to me is the one that I enjoy rewatching the most. Uh, there's some great jokes in it. Um, there's some running gags that happen through all three of them. Okay. Uh, but they all get set up in this one. Um, one of the things that Edgar Wright does really well is uh, he, he loves doing action shots for mundane things. So he, uh, I was watching a, a Wes Anderson trailer and I was like, you know, him and Wes Anderson are very similar. If a, there's a character that's eating breakfast, both of them are going to show every like bit of getting the breakfast out, putting it on the plate and eating it. Um, the difference is Wes Anderson's going to do a nice slow build of, of, of doing everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Edgar Wright's going to do an action shot of like open the door get the food put it on the plate put it in your mouth ah, da, 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 nice. da. quick quick cuts uh action action sort of scenes but for very mundane stuff going on so uh look look for that in all of them that's just sort of his style um in his comedies at least all right um moving on so that that's Shaun of the dead that's the main one probably my favorite uh part of it was the time in which that I watched it was very um was very connected to okay the next one is hot fuzz this released three years later um this is two hours and one minute long and so it's a little bit longer 91 percent tomato meter 89 percent audience score uh, as a former London constable Nicholas Angel Simon Pegg finds it difficult to adapt in his new assignment in the sleepy British village of Sanford not only does he miss the excitement of the big city, but he's also a well-meaning oaf. Uh, also has a well-meaning oaf, Nick Frost, for a partner. However, when a series of grisly accidents rock Sanford, uh, Nick smells something rotten in the idyllic village. So he is a cop that is too good at his job. Mm. And he gets kicked out of London because they're, he's making everyone else look bad. So they boot him out of the system. Um, 
he plays a completely different character. He's no longer a man-child. He's a overly serious character in this. Nick Frost is very similar. He's he's the sort of goofy one still. Um, but his whole thing is that he's addicted to action movies. So he became a cop because his dad's a cop, and he wants to do all of the crazy action stuff that cops get to do. The only problem is that he is in the most boring town in the world until people start dying mysteriously. And it's up to this super cop to sort of bring up the rest of the police force into fighting shape and take down um, the the villains of the of the piece. Um, this has uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, who we we talked about a little bit off camera before things started rolling. He plays uh, Simon Skinner, who's one of the villainous uh, people in this, and he plays a villain so well, absolutely uh, great. And the final action beat of the third act is some of the best gunfight action that you will ever see on film. I, I would put it up there against any of the John Wick action scenes any day of the week. Uh, I know that's a big call to make. It's really good. And it's it's it it's got a lot of its uh influences are like the original um uh what's the Keanu Reeves one with uh John Wick. No, what's the surfing one? Point break. Point break. Point break is one of its like big inspirations. Uh John Woo is another big inspiration for it. There's a lot of firing guns with two hands uh kind of stuff. And it's it's very silly, it's very fun. Um, it, it didn't hit me the first time watching it, how good it was because I was expecting more of a Shaun of the Dead sequel. Mm -hmm. So if you go from one to the next, keep in mind, they're completely different characters. It's not the same character in, right. in each film. They're, they're the same actors, but you have to really separate, which I don't think I did the first time watching it, going back and rewatching it later. I, I was able to do that a lot better. And it is, it's definitely my number two. Um, it, it so they, they switch back and forth, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. They're my okay. one and two. I think Shaun of the Dead's the one I enjoy watching the most, but there's a lot of great stuff in Hot Fuzz. Okay, final one uh, The World's End. This is 89% uh, tomato meter, 72% audience score. And I, I think I know why. And I, I had a, a similar problem watching it. Um, and then it's an hour and 49 minutes. This is a sci-fi movie that um, I'll get to the, the plot real quick. Uh, Gary King, Simon Pegg, is an immature 40-year-old 40, 40 who's dying to take another stab at an epic pub crawl that he last attempted 20 years earlier. He drags his reluctant buddies back to their hometown and sets out for a night of heavy drinking as they make their way towards the ultimate uh, destination, the fabled World's End Pub. Gary and his friends attempt to reconcile the past and present. However, the real struggle is for the future uh, when their journey turns into a battle for mankind. So there's some supernatural um, science fiction-y elements to this one. Uh, this is kind of closer to Shaun of the Dead, but kind of a different angle on it. The big difference with this one, and I think one of the reasons why I had a hard time watching it the first time and why some people have um, had issues with it 
is while Simon Pegg is playing something similar to his character from uh, Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost is playing someone who actually has their life together. And he's the one who he's planning on getting married. He's he's got a good job. He, he's moved on since high yeah. school. And um, Simon Pegg's character peaked in high school and hasn't hasn't done well with his life since right. then. Gotcha. So uh, it's another one where it's the same actors, but they are playing very different roles. Uh, Martin Freeman is in this one. Uh, it's also got Rosamund Pike, uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, uh, Patty uh, Constantine, uh, Eddie Marson. It's got a great, great British cast. Uh, and it has uh, some really, really good fight scenes in it. Uh, he has definitely improved as a fight choreographer from Shaun of the Dead which is much more comedic to some really cool uh fight scenes. We we watched last night in Soho which has some great steady cam yeah. and some um really cool choreography for the dance scenes. Um you can see where he picked up that choreography from in in the fight scenes for World's End. Gotcha. Um also make sure you watch The World's End not at World's World, End. At World's End? That's the pirate one. There's also one this is the end, which is the the one with the celebrities, which I think yeah. was called World's End in some reasons as well. So, uh, yeah, those are the three: one science fiction, one's action cop movie, one's zombie horror. Nice. All right. Uh, Thoughts, questions, concerns? No. Um, so they're all independent movies. So there's yes. no no. Um, plot that relies on the other no there are there are running gags um that that go from one movie to the next right uh, they all have they don't like, necessarily offend- build on each other yeah i'm not sure if you see them in different order if they if the jokes are different but it is i i know it works one way i i would be surprised if it didn't work at least a little bit the other way but gotcha. yeah okay well, I think that I am going to do uh, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um, I'm excited. For sure. Just because it's been, you know, it's popped up on Netflix, on everything I've ever, ever watched. Like, you need to watch this. And I just never have. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw it on Amazon recently. I was like, oh, I should watch that. I'm going to watch that tomorrow. And yeah, I just I never should, got to I it. should mention, um, for those playing along, uh, all of these are on uh, Amazon Prime subscription. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. If for some very strange reason you don't have Amazon Prime but you have Peacock, you can watch Amazon Prime. You can watch the Peacock versions of Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. But I think more people probably have Prime than Peacock. So probably so. That, that, I think you can watch fair. it there without any commercials. So I'd probably start there. All right. So uh, we're going to do for sure Shaun of the Dead. Um, and be sure to be checking out the title. Uh, of yep. next of the next episode to know if it's uh, going to be all three, two of, or just Sean of. But cool. uh, I am excited for this. This is something I've been meaning to, because I love Simon Pegg. Yes. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the underrated actors in Hollywood. Um, he is just tremendous. Um, and I think a really funny writer. So I'm anxious to, uh, to see these. I just, I've been lazy. I don't know what to say. So yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where i feel like if you miss one of them it, it feels like you might be 
uh, it's hard to get like back on track with it, right? Like, gotcha. Feel like, oh well, this is the same guy who made Shaun of the Dead. Well, I haven't seen that yet, so do I really want to watch um, Hot Fuzz? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I can see how it would be difficult to to get back on the on the train once you once you fall off. Cool. I'm excited. I love 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 rewatching Shaun of the Dead. So well, there we go. So awesome. Get excited with us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Be sure to check in the next episode to see where we're at. So we're going to move into our blast from the past. As I mentioned up top, this is year is 1989 because of a lot of things. Um, one is Indiana Jones is coming out or ha- will be released by the time this episode comes out. Um, another is um, help me out. The uh, Adam Sandler. The, uh, also because of the flash and which it ties into Batman, Michael Keaton, which came out in 1989. And then Adam Sandler's first movie was in 1989. And yeah. so a lot of fun. So, yeah, so he, he did, uh, he did a movie called going overboard, which is a comedy about a guy who works on a cruise ship, who wants to become a cruise ship stand-up comic. It has a horrible uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes um, for both audience and critics. I I have not seen it, but I cannot recommend it. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting that he did a movie um, before he was even on Saturday Night Live. Like I I assumed that his career started with Saturday Night Live. It actually started with the Cosby Show. Then he did the movie. Then he got Saturday Night Live in the nineties. Yeah, crazy. So little little fun stuff fun stuff there for you. Um, all right, so let's move right in. Let's uh, 1989. Um, I've got several that I will be picking from. Uh, McLean, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? So yeah, um, this is one that I wanted to recommend um, because I was shocked that this came out in 1989. I did not see this until maybe the 2000s, and it's it's one of my favorite. You you know I love an inspirational biography mm-hmm. uh, about school, and it's Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. If you watch Stand and Deliver, um, which was one of my recommendations from a couple of weeks ago, um, this actually, I bought this in a dual pack with Lean on Me and Stand <laughs> and Deliver uh, for five bucks from a Walmart. So I have both of these movies back to back and often watch them back to back. So this is a fantastic movie about um, Joe Clark, played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, a true story about this principal who takes over uh, a declining school and he does some very unorthodox things and is trying to get his kids ready for this standardized test so that they can get more supplies and more uh, funding for their school and, and prove that they can actually turn it around. And one of the things he does is uh, puts chains on the doors because one of the problems that they're having is that drug dealers are coming in and out of the school during the day and it's distracting the kids from working and it's making them scared about, you know, getting killed or, or, or hurt and, um, or allowing them to purchase, uh, drugs during school. So he basically get first thing he does is kicks everybody out that, that has a record and then he chains them out and keeps them out of school and, focuses on the kids that he can save. So uh, great, great, uh, great movie. Morgan Freeman is fantastic. I uh, can't, can't recommend it strongly enough. And uh, going back to my, to my roots of recommending ones that you can watch right now, this is on max to, to view. So um, if you have HBO max, this is available for you. 
um, it's going to be really hard for me to kick saying HBO Max and, and just saying Max. I don't know. Yeah, I've been, there. I've been practicing that, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like I like this movie a lot. I think I've seen this movie once and was just like, yeah, okay. Um, you probably saw it in school. Yes, I was also a jaded, jaded person by the end of the late 80s, early 90s. and was just like, eh, they don't need to be preached to in a movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure it's good. Just wasn't for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think Morgan Freeman had, I think a year or two later, we get the Robin Hood movie with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. In, which uh, I, I much prefer to think of Morgan Freeman as that or as God in uh, Bruce Almighty. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is always fun. Uh, it's his action character that he plays in Along Came a Spider and oh, um, uh, Alex Cross. Alex Cross, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He's also very good in those. Um, all right. So you've got Lean on Me. Uh-huh. I can't say 1989. I know we try to pick kind of like little deeper cut than just the 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 hits and blockbusters. Like, oh, do you remember this? Um, I, I have several. I two more. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hit real briefly, just because he was in the Flash. But one of, if not the best Batman movies of all time, came out in 1990, 1989, called Batman. Yes. Jack Nicholson, so 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 good. Yes, I, we get our first on Batman in that. Um, we get a. You want to get nuts? Let's get a little nuts. Um, yeah. And, as he he just he was so good as Bruce Wayne he was so good at Batman um the suit was great the car was stupendous um yeah. it just it hit it looked like um i don't know if you remember do you remember uh, seeing Dick Tracy yes i have okay. seen Dick Tracy so this looks like Dick Tracy tried to look like this this the 80, 89 Batman tried to look a little bit like a comic yes. but also not mm-hmm. And it walked that line very, very well. Dick Tracy just full on wanted to look like a comic. Yes. It did that very, very well. Um, but there are shot moments when you see the Gotham and in, in, in the bigger settings where you look at that and go, oh, that kind of looks comic book-esque um, yeah, without I fully think, being on. I think this thing that Tim Burton did, and this this movie was really pivotal in Batman's history, is that he tried to update it to make it fit within the cinematic world. Yeah. Uh, Batman did not have a black bat suit until this movie. Like full black bat suit was sure. Yeah. Pretty certain. He was more gray and blue, closer to the 60s Batman um, in the comics until this this kind of came out. Um also the um uh grappling gun. Yeah. Is from this movie like yeah. batman had grappling hooks prior but he would have to throw them and and hook them onto things and then climb climb the wall um you know with, with burt ward and stuff uh from the 60s but he didn't have like an actual and, and the suit has some really cool stuff where the belt it doesn't yeah. even really show off in the movie but his belt swings uh around him depending on which gadgets that he needs at the time so like the the grappling gun hooks in the back, and then when yep. he needs it, it swivels to the front, and then he can use it. It's it doesn't like 
physically it doesn't actually work, but it makes more sense in the universe that that Tim Burton has created. Um, that Batman wouldn't be able just to like chuck a grappling hook a hundred feet. Yeah, to climb a building. Um, yeah, I was thinking gas-powered gun. Yeah, so we get the 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 armored bat suit in um, in the Dark Knight Returns in '86, and we get back also in '86 the Dark Knight Returns. We get um, it, this is the the Frank Miller mm-hmm. um, rendition of Batman when he did when he had his run. And it's much, um, it's not full on black, but it's, it's yeah. much darker. So he definitely starts the path for Tim Burton to can kind of continue down. Sure. Um, but we but he definitely, the movie, um, icon, 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 whatever the word is made an icon of that black and gold, um, with, with the yellow symbol on the front yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we get the great, great, um, what's his face? Uh, Danny Elfman soundtrack. Um, yep. with, with this March that he was so nervous about, he didn't know if they were going to like it, but it's, it is the, other than the, no, 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 Batman. Other than that, the Danny Elfman score is what most people like can hear it and go Batman. Yes. Um, so it's, I think, well, I know it's a great movie and, um, I can't say being a Batman fan, I can't say 1989 blast from the past without bringing up Batman. Do you like the Prince soundtrack? I do. I think it's really fun. Um, that's one of the main criticisms that I've heard for that movie is that the, the Prince soundtrack takes people out of it. I think it really fits in with the Joker's theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and actions and stuff. That the way that uh, Jack Nicholson plays the Joker feels like someone who would listen to Prince. Yes. Real no, I, on a boombox. I've never been taken out by that music um, at all. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think it complements it well. Um, and I'm pretty picky about yeah. music. Um, do you like this more than Batman Returns or this Returns higher on, on your list? They're different. Um, even though they're made by the same people, yeah, they are different, almost different takes. Um, yeah. the, the, the Batman Returns certainly goes way darker. Um, yeah. And both in tone and visuals, we get less comic booky. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. They're, they're both really good. Um, I, I, you know, push comes to shove. I'd probably say Batman returns is, is my, is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm hung up on Batman right now just cause my kid is getting to an age where we can finally sit down and watch it and he won't be creeped out by the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I remember some of the visuals for the first one definitely scared me a lot as a kid. I watched returns first. no, I'm pretty certain I did. No, my big birthday present um, in, in in October of ninety I believe, uh-huh. was the Batman VHS. Okay. Uh, October of eighty nine, and so we you 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 were watching it at the age of three <laughs> or two, um, and maybe just didn't know it. Sure. Uh, I, the one so, I remember watching and like remembering, right, was probably Dark Knight Returns, but was was uh, yeah, Batman Returns. But no, if um, you were if you were around our house, I, I don't. I mean, I wasn't a bully, but I was definitely older brother and flexed that muscle quite a bit, um, and would take over VHS duties. Yeah, when allowed by the parents. Yeah, I I might have been uh, skirted to other other places as a two year old watching uh eh, watching Batman, depending on which parent was home. 
All right. Well, speaking speaking of parents, I'm going to pick one that's one of dad's favorite movies that he turned me on to. Nice. Uh, and that is 1989's Uncle Buck. Uh, 62% tomato meter, 77% audience score. This is just one of the best John Candy movies, in, in my opinion. I absolutely love this. Directed by John Hughes. Uh, John Candy at the height of his powers. Um, Amy Madigan. Um, it's got Macaulay Culkin, a very young Macaulay Culkin. I think this is the movie that got him home alone because John Hughes worked with uh, Macaulay Culkin on this. Yeah. And he was so good in the the short number of scenes that he were, that he was in that he recommended because um, John Hughes wrote the screenplay for Home Alone. So right. he recommended um, Macaulay Culkin for that movie. I think they might actually be filmed in the same house. Maybe not. I could be wrong on that one. Yeah. But no, I I really, really love this movie. I love his ridiculous car that just like has this big plume of smoke and then has a really loud backfire. Sounds like a gun. And uh, he uh, tries to save his niece from being taken advantage of by a a high school boy and drills into the, the room and drills through the lock to open the door um great great scenes it it's one of those movies that ages with you i saw this when i was a child and thinking and watching it and just being laughing at sort of the slapstick comedy of it yeah uh, where he makes the really huge pancake when did dad show you this because i remember not being allowed to watch this movie i don't remember Benjamin, benjamin and i were not allowed to watch uncle buck it was probably when i was like 12 or 13 okay um, I don't think I watched this super young, uh, but I definitely watched it when I was fairly, fairly young before I really understood what was going on as far as them. Like, why yeah. would his parents not trust his brother to come watch the kids for a week? Right. And it's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> as an adult, you understand the parents plight of like, this makes so much watch sense. our children. We don't trust our oldest daughter to watch the kids because she's in that that age of her life where she's not wanting to listen or take responsibilities. Right. Um, who can we come? Wait, can we get your uncle? Is he actually an adult? <laughs> what What's going on? Or not your, um, the brother, like, yeah, should we trust this guy? And it, all of that went straight over my head when I saw it as a child. And now, now it's like, Oh, okay. I get it. I get where the comedy in this is. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I, fully agree that this is candy's best um, what would you say is his best i would i would probably say the year before the great outdoors yeah um it's got a worse <laughs> uh it's got a, a worse tomato score <laughs> a 40 and a 71 um but i just think it's hilarious um and it's one that if you if I it's it's one of those movies that I stumble upon it on TV somewhere or on a streaming service or something and it just pops up I almost have to watch it. Um, yeah. And again, my kid is just getting now old enough to where we can watch it and laugh at it. So. Yeah. So all right, lean on me, Uncle Buck. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, a genre for okay. my um, second. Uh, Flash in the past. Um, so these are buddy cop movies. 
right, yep. two buddy cop movies that are completely different, um, but both really fun. And the first one's Turner and Hooch. And right. who doesn't um, love a crime fighting dog? Um, so much so they like they made a TV show out of this on Disney Plus, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kid loved it. Um, this is Turner and Hooch. The movie is on Disney right now. Um, but it's uh, just a buddy cop movie with a guy and a dog. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the box office was 70 and a half million in 1989. That's a lot of money back then. Um, so yeah, it's a great movie. It's wholesome. It's got peril. It's got, um, life changes and all sorts of fun stuff. And just really, I just remember watching this going on. Oh, I, I feel good. I feel down. I feel good. And ending. Yeah, this was, good. uh, this was a big year for Tom Hanks. He did this and he did Joe versus the volcano. Yes. Which um, is so, so good. This was a huge hit. Joe versus the volcano, I believe was a big flop. I don't think <laughs> anyone enjoyed it when it originally came out. I think it's a cult classic. Uh, but I, I, I kind of get where the critics were coming from of thinking it was going to be a different movie, but it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. This and so, which are two of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Yeah. Um, the uh so yeah so that's the first uh buddy cop movie um and then the second one is tango and cash okay (laughs) have you ever seen this i've seen it once it is um it is about as 80s as 80s can be um And uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of fun. Uh, just real quick, Joe versus Volcano. Uh, yeah, box office was only thirty nine point one million. Uh, critics a sixty five percent, audience fifty four percent. Yeah. Um, anyway, Tango and Cash is uh, yeah. just alone. I think that's way too low. What's that? Um, so I think Tango. it's a little too low. I, I think yeah. that movie is much better than it. It's much better than that. For. Yeah, um, Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah, Joe versus Volcano. I agree with you. Yeah, Tango Cash, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell. These are two cops that don't start out as as buddies. They get framed for a crime. One of them is super um, uptight and very well kept, almost like the original metrosexual kind of thing. Wears the nicest clothes. They're both detectives, and one of them is like still thinks he's undercover and has to look like a drug addict. (laughs) <laughs> in order to do his job kind of thing. Um, and this is, uh, anyway, Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell, Terry Hatcher, Jack Palance, um, Brian James, a character actor from the eighties. who's a lot of fun to watch. Very good. James Hong, um, also very good. You'll see, you, you see his face and you'll go, Oh yes, he's been in all these other movies. Um, and, uh, this is, like I said, Tango and Cash get framed and they, um, spend the rest of the movie running from the law and trying to prove their innocence. Um, very, 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 very eighties, very eighties, um, for an 89 movie. <laughs> um, so it, it is what it is, but, um, 39% critics <laughs> tomato meter and a 52% audience score. But, um, it's just kind of a lot of fun. If you don't, if you go into it lighthearted, you'll come out of it lighthearted going, Oh, I didn't waste my time. Um, no, I, I think the, the action for it is really good. Yeah. Um, I think it actually holds up pretty well today. I do think, uh, I think Stallone's a little miscast. Yes. Um, I think this was in that time where he was still trying to figure out how he was going to transition out of the Rocky and Rambo and like what his other franchises were going to be. Right. And he hadn't yet figured out what what role he needed right. to play. 
Um, so this was sort of his his shot at playing like an uptight detective, which yeah, is not. No. So this is um, the, I don't know, it's not a remake, but the modern version of this particular cop pairing is the other guys. Yep. Um, with Will Ferrell and uh, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a silly movie, decent action, um, not a waste of time. It's fun. It's if you if you want to see eighties, this one hundred percent is the eighties. Yeah. So there you um, go. I have one one more real quick one since, yeah, since yeah. we're saying three. Um, I don't know if I actually recommend watching this movie, but <laughs> if you see it on, maybe watch like twenty to thirty minutes of it just to really understand how ridiculous it is. And it's Weekend at Bernie's. This is oh another gosh, one of Dad's yes. favorites. Yes, and it was. I feel like if you are a fan of 2000s um, police comedies, uh, I'm thinking like Psych, I'm thinking Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and you want to understand the mm-hmm. references to whenever they talk about, oh, we're going to weaken it, Bernie's this. Yeah. You, you kind of need to know what the source material is. Um, I I don't even think you really need to watch the beginning of this movie. Just watch like <laughs> 10 minutes in the middle. And yeah. you'll you'll understand what's going on. Um, yeah, it's a uh, you're you're hundred percent right. Yeah, I don't think I I watched this one definitely way too young, and I don't think I understood what the plot was other than the fact that they just had to pretend this guy was still alive. Um, yep, and it it's very funny. I do it. Yeah, they are. Um, uh, they want to use his place on Long Island or stay well, yeah, they, Long Island. They find out that the company, um, someone is embezzling money right. from the company, and so that he decides to reward them by taking them out to the to to the beach. And instead of um, what the, what turns out to be the plot is that he actually is the one who's embezzling, and so he takes them out to the island to kill them. Mm-hmm. But the assassin gets different orders and actually is told to kill him instead because if they just kill him, then the whole corruption scheme gets sort of lost anyway. So um, he gets killed. They think they're going to get framed for his death. So they decide to pretend he's alive until they leave the island. <laughs> and it's hijinks and Sue as, oh, as so many. In the yeah. 80s. It's so, so good. So good honorable mention. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, my quick honorable mention, Fletch Lives, um, a yeah. sequel to Fletch, um, poking fun at um, charismatic televangelist, um, always fun. And yeah. so Chevy Chase is, you know, the 80s before he went crazy and a lot of fun to watch. So okay. there you go. There's a kind of an extended blast from the past. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap this sucker up, Clint? Uh, Yeah, I think. If you like Shaun of the Dead even a little bit, I think Hot Fuzz is probably your the most in your wheelhouse that Edgar Wright gets. So um, if you really, really don't like it, we should you should stop at Shaun of the Dead because the cinematography stays very similar. But if yeah. uh, if it piques your interest slightly, just just roll with it and, and go to Hot Fuzz. Nice. All right, well, we'll, you will see what we get based off the episode title, so enjoy that. Um, It's been a great day. We had a great conversation. We got excited. McLean is excited about Nimona and Dumb Money, 
Um, I'm excited about Haunted Mansion and a kind of excited to see what Sony might do with Craven the Hunter kind of excitement. Um, generally, McLean recommends Hustle, uh, especially if you like sports movies. He thinks it's a, a good one to go go back and watch. Um, you can be found on Netflix, stars Adam Sandler. And then his recommendations for this week is the Cornetto Trilogy. Um, and I have committed to watching Shaun of the Dead and possibly more. And we'll find out later what happens. So it could be a lot of fun. And then we got into our Blast from Fast 1989, where we recommended some old movies, some Lean on Me, starring Morgan Freeman, Uncle Buck, starring John Candy, Batman, starring Michael Michael Keaton, and I brought Tango and Cash and Turner and Hooch um, as a buddy cop genre, because the 80s were really great about buddy cop movies. Um, yeah. Really great. So uh, it's been a fun conversation. Uh, final thoughts, McLean, last chance? Oh, if you enjoy 80s action movies, I do think the Hitman's Bodyguard is the closest like recreation that modern day, yeah, in a modern day scene to to like a Tango and Cash style yeah. uh, buddy cop movie. Yep, I, it's, I, it's I one, think you're right on. Yeah, no, uh, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, we've had a lot of fun today. We hope you guys uh, come back and listen again in the future. We do us a favor, though. Send us an email. One of us is always right at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of today's episode of past episodes, what you expect in future episodes. Let us uh, give us some recommendations so we can uh, do another fan episode. We had a lot of fun on our last one. I personally find it incredibly fun. Um, Let us know. One of us is always right at gmail.com. But that's it we got for you today. We hope you have a great uh, time until we see you again. Bye. See you guys. Bye.